second time trying to do the intro because i burped when we first did it and my stomach screamed so so here we our are. bodies were talking to each other in a different way than we usually do <laughs> our stomachs and burps were possessed <laughs> but we're back we're, we're, or we're here and we are we oh, are this is uh two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses uh, that is Corinne. Hi. And that is Sabrina. Hello. Where we are. I'm inside my tent and it's very sunny out still. It's five o'clock my time and I'm slowly boiling inside my tent. It looks so nice there. You know what? I just love that the sun is staying out longer. I know. It is nice. I, I feel like I'm getting more stuff done because I don't lose steam yeah. as quickly. And you just feel like more productive because there's more sunlight. Yes. And so I'm also how is unemployed. Going? <laughs> it's good. I have a friend in town who I actually just sat outside in my living room to watch Shits Creek while we record. Oh, I love Shits Creek, but I'm really mad at CBC. Is that the channel? Yeah, I think. I don't know why. Because they had like the first six episodes on demand, like of this current season that's airing now. They had it available and you could watch it on demand for free through Pop TV. And then it's like episode seven through 12, you have to pay $3 to watch. I mean, $3 <laughs> isn't that much. No, I'm not. But I'm used to getting it for free. <laughs> I mean, it's not free. You pay for cable and you pay for Netflix and right. whatnot. But, you know. Nothing is free. Everything costs money. Except for this Everything. podcast, it's absolutely free for everyone to listen to. So lucky you. Lucky you. Lucky you. Except you have to pay for internet or the tablet or device that you listen on. But if you go to a public library, you could listen there, and that's free. True. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I need to text my aunt. I forgot to text her back. But um, I've mentioned her and Addie before on the podcast. Yeah. Addie is my cousin who's... With the dogs. Four, Yeah. And she called me the other day and left me a voicemail and she, and her little girl voice was like, I've been thinking about contacting you. I heard you on the radio. She means the podcast. Oh. I was like, wait, she listens to ghost stories? (laughs) I, we've gotten a few emails from like young children and I am shocked that they listen. Someone was 11. I know. And we've had, like, a girl whose class was in middle school or in high school. I can remember. They I were, think it was her middle school class. Yeah, her middle school class. They were listening to podcasts, and she chose ours. I know. That was so awesome. A bunch of them were listening to and then she, Yeah, and then she said her whole class was listening. So cool. So cool. And also, like, how cool of you or how cool is that kid who's just listening to ghost stories at right. 11 years old? But, I mean – yeah. At first I was like, oh my gosh, they shouldn't be listening. But I was totally doing the same thing. I was reading all the scary books. I was sneaking in the ID channel. and Yeah, that wasn't me. Really? I watched, I kid you not, I watched maybe five minutes of The Mummy and had nightmares for years. <gasps> Aww. 
think I ever saw The Mummy. Don't. It's terrifying. <laughs> I'm kidding. The only I movie that really scared know. me as a kid was E.T. <gasps> that is Which scary. I know is not supposed to be a scary one. But it is scary. And it's like filmed very dark and ominous. And the music. I get it. I, I loved all it. that other stuff. And Halloween has always been my favorite time of the year. Yes. I, I love always to loved be Halloween. spooky. I was never a spooky person until I uh, came into my own. <laughs> Finally accepting it in your later years. It took over my soul. Yes, so. The darkness within me came out. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Before we recorded today, I saw a little fruit fly. Did you? And it was like hanging out with me. And my apartment's very clean for all of you who think that every time we mention a fruit fly, we need to clean our apartments. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, get rid of your bananas. Bitch, I don't eat any fruit. Lean cuisines all day. <laughs> I got nothing in here. Yeah, I haven't gone grocery shopping in weeks, so. Also, I thought fruit flies lived for like two days, and it turns out they live a lot longer. Really? I thought they lived really short lives, too. No, something like 60 days or something. Like a crazy 66 long time. days. 66 days. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's why. Maybe we think it's a spirit animal, but really it's a bad omen. <gasps> it's a sign that something's coming. Let's let's keep it as our spirit guide. Okay. We're sure. sorry, Fruit Fly, for making it seem like you were bad. We know you're good. Lo siento. Lo siento. Lo siento. We have so many more people on our Facebook page, and it is the best thing ever because I feel like every hour something terrifying is being posted or someone has this crazy story or, like, a really funny meme, and I am all over it. It's taken up my entire newsfeed. I don't even see things that my friends post. Me too. Me too. It's just someone posted in Two Girls, One Ghost. Yep. It's also probably because those are the things that we respond to. And Um, for the admins. Yeah. And I just scroll past all of our friends. But I know. Don't, don't care. Someone that. had a baby. Don't care. <laughs> nah, nah, another person's getting married. Whatever. Ugh. Ugh. Give me some demons. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I should what? have posted this yesterday. So I went to Demi Lovato. She came. <gasps> oh, yeah. How was it? It was really good. She's Casey kept being like, is she is she singing live? I'm like, <laughs> yes, because she's just so incredible. That it sounds like a track because she's just, yes, she's truly unbelievable. So it was really, really good. And I just love Demi. And I was smiling like an idiot the whole time. And I was like, why am I smiling? But like the kindest way, my face was melting. I like truly cared about her. And I was like, I don't even know her. Why am I doing this? But anyway, the point of me saying It's the emotion you felt from her singing that like connected you to. Yes, I just really, yeah, she's just, I just love her. You know what? That's just what it is. I'm a fan. I like her a lot. I think we could be friends. Anyway, yesterday I was looking at her Instagram before going to her concert just to like look at what she was doing today. And she posted that she has, I think it was like 6.66 million followers. And she took a screenshot and she was like, people either need to follow me or unfollow me. This is unacceptable. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I would die <laughs> if that's how many followers we had. I know. Oh, it's our dream. But I was like, funny that she she got that goal, made it to 6.66, which is always a goal of ours. Right. On the day that I go to see her. 
I mean, we don't want demonic things to happen or bad things to happen, but it's just like, you know, the number 13. Right. It's a number. It's like we're kind of just attracted to 666. Yes. Which is... You just want to get to know him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, so many things are coming up on my computer. Sorry. Have you been watching porn, Corinne? No. <sighs> Speaking <sighs> of porn, <laughs> I finished Bates Motel. Is it and porn? There was- no, no, no. The police officer, I just love him. He's so hunky. So I was joking with Casey, my roommate, that mm-hmm. he's like watching Bates Motel is the female version of porn because every time he's on, I'm like fully attentive and watching him. I'm in love <laughs> with him, basically. Um, But I finished it. Did and I ever tell you that I finished it? No, you said that you didn't want to finish it. Well, I went through. I pulled through and I did the fifth season. Were you happy? I'm glad I did it. But I'm also just still mad about the end of the fourth season. I probably will never get over it, quite honestly. Okay, I'm going to catch up while I'm on hiatus. And there's also, like, I think there's, like, a party of helicopters outside my window. So it's going to be so loud in the recording. Oh, jeez. Guys, there's no demon. It's just a helicopter party. Well, maybe there's a demon. Maybe someone's possessed (gasps) and they're running away from the cops and they're trying to find them. It's possible. Venice Beach, anything's possible. (laughs) Venice Beach, all of them are. (laughs) What are you going to do with all of your free time for the next four weeks? I have so much to do, Corinne. I, like, got overwhelmed. Really? Yeah, because I just, like, I need to make a schedule for myself because I really do have, like, a ton of personal writing to do and I want to, like, be more on top of, like, podcast stuff as well and, like, do all that, but I want to... You're already so on top of podcast stuff, though. I haven't been for the past few days just because Sammy's in town and I also had Amanda's engagement party and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm going to make a schedule for myself and, like, try to stick to it once next week when my friend's not in town. Oh, you know what I really want? I really want to get a six-pack, like an ab six-pack over hiatus. Like an actual six-pack or, like, a Tash Oakley cut lines? Yeah, I just want, like, a nice, like, summer bod. Goals. Goals. Oh my gosh. Speaking of goals. What? Yesterday. Okay. So the people that opened for Demi were DJ Khaled and Kehlani. Wait, cool. I I have no idea what Kehlani's face looks like because she was wearing a crop top and she is fucking ripped. So I was just basically, every time she was dancing, I was basically watching her do like crunches and I oh could not stop staring at her abs. Oh you my God. You don't know what her like, face looks like because she I was have no idea what her face top. looks like. <laughs> The whole time I was just staring at her stomach like, girl, how do you do that? That That's is amazing. amazing. My so eyes are up goes- here, Corinne. <laughs> hey, at least it was just her stomach. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Maybe I some just wanna- of our friends will be celebrities one day. I know. Then we can say that we're I know friends her. with celebrities. Yeah. Maybe we'll be celebrities one day. I don't want, like, all of the crap that comes with Yeah, it. because, like, everything you say is just... Even on this, I feel like everything we say is taken right. so seriously and analyzed and, like, what do they mean by that? Why did they say that? Because People. I didn't think when I talked and it <laughs> just came out. And just even, too, it's beyond just people knowing stuff about you. People recognizing you in public and asking things of you and seeing you and i I I just okay last time i went grocery shopping i was too lazy to put on a shirt or a bra so i literally just put on my zipped up my winter jacket and was nude underneath the jacket i just kept it on the whole time but i was like i can't do do that that stuff if people know who i am i know every honestly since you were cited or noticed i like 
panic every time I'm about to leave the apartment. I'm like, uh, I, I don't think I'm ready. Like, I need to wear a hat so no one knows Victoria's me. Victoria's the only person who's ever recognized me. That's never happened again, so. <laughs> okay, well, let's just hope no one ever recognizes us. But, I mean, but if you do see us, like, say hi, you know? Yeah, say hi, but, like, don't expect me to say yes to taking a picture because I'm going to look like crap. Well, we can still say yes. I mean, no one expects us to look good, right? No, I'll take I would a photo, be nice. but I can't promise it will look good for Instagram. <laughs> right. I say yes to everything, so like, come on. True. I'm too nice. Classic Sabrina inconveniencing herself for others. Sorry, don't inconvenience others. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Should well, we should we start talking? Yeah. Ah, look at our timing. We both started saying We're it so at the same good. time. We read the moment. And we also have been doing this for 31, 32 episodes now? Yeah, this is number 32. Wow. It's been over six months. We're past the honeymoon phase, guys. Yeah, we This are. is real. We're in this relationship forever now. We're going to have to go to therapy soon. <laughs> therapy. Okay, but we talked about kids in the beginning. Yes. And so we're going to circle back because we chose to talk about children. Haunted children, spooky ghost children. There's nothing scarier than a child. <laughs> I tried to do a child's laugh and it didn't work. <laughs> do you want to play? Yeah. I told you we had a ghost child in my house growing up. Can you tell me more about it? I don't really yeah. remember it. So, Wait, is this, did your brother see the ghost child? Yeah. We. Yep. So we had a mom. We had a mom and son in our house growing up. And, um, my dad, as I've said multiple times on this podcast is very in tune with the paranormal and he doesn't often see ghosts in physical shape, but he often like feels them and like has interactions with them otherwise, like in dreams or in like he hears them. Um, so we had a little ghost boy and a mom and they were always watching over us and kind of just like very protective. They were very nice. And my brother would wake up often crying in the middle of the night saying, and he'd like go to my parents' room and say, mom, dad, tell the little boy I don't want to play. I want to go to sleep. I'm so tired. And all of my brother's toys would go off in the middle of the night. He had that Blue's Clues book that would like Blue's Clues would wake up if you opened the book, but, like, Blue's Clues would just wake up, like, randomly in the middle of the night. And then he had a fire truck that if you press buttons on it, it would start making certain noises and it would go off all the time in the middle of the night. Doesn't it make you sad? Like, as spooky as it is and probably terrifying as a child to be trying to sleep in your own room without crawling into bed with your parents in the middle of the night and then have something like that make noise or talk to you. It's also just sad to know, like, he was just trying to hang out and play and still be a kid and have a childhood. I know. Although he was robbed of it. I know, poor kid. We don't know much about the history because our house was brand new when we moved in. We were the first people to live there. So it's something to do with the land, probably. Yeah, I wonder. So we don't really know the history. But um, we also had, we used to, like, we had a banister on our second floor that overlooked the family room. So we'd always put on concerts up there and like play concerts for like our parents sitting downstairs in mm-hmm. the family room. 
And there was one time my dad's friend was over and she was like, oh, the little boy and the mom were pl- like, we're up there playing with you. <gasps> oh, yeah. So they were really nice and friendly, yeah. but just try to keep my brother up at night. Oh, I'm just picturing like the mom and the kid being seen playing with you guys. And I you know. have no idea. No, they're all just running around together. Growing up, I used to feel like someone else was in my house, but like that's how I grew up. So I always felt like that was normal. Like if I was home right. alone, I felt like I wasn't alone, but it never felt I always scary. Feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> I love yeah. that song. It's a good song. I'd buy it. Okay. Is, you're first this week. I think I am. I believe yes, I am. you are. I'm excited to hear about yours. Because <laughs> you know what I'm doing. But I only read two sentences of it, so I really don't know much about it. Okay. Well, first, before I go into what I actually chose, I want to take a moment because when we did the celebrities, that episode, mm-hmm. I came across a quote from Melissa McCarthy, who we all know and love. Love her. About her belief in ghosts. And she said, quote, I grew up on a farm and I didn't have any real friends. I have a very strong belief that people are out there because I was certainly talking to someone in those barns. Otherwise, I'm just crazy. I really strongly believe in ghosts. Whoa, chills. I know. And I'm just like picturing her as a little kid, like playing on her farm and going into the barn and playing with her friends. And then only when she gets older does she realize like, wait, I was alone. Those weren't real people. Not alive. Not of this dimension, at least. That is so cool. Yeah. Wow. But I feel like most kids in some aspect, probably, whether they remember it or not, have had a spiritual paranormal experience. Right. Yeah, definitely. Especially because you're more open to that stuff. Yeah. Like it might have been when you were two or three and your parents were noticing that you were always engaging with something else. Right. Maybe they wrote it off and never told you about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe your parents were sleeping when you were a tiny newborn baby and they heard something on the baby monitor in your room, but they thought it was just interference from across the neighborhood. That is my worst fear, baby <laughs> monitors. I know. Ugh, like seeing something or hearing something really creepy because the wires do get crossed. Like I remember when yes. I was younger, my brother and I, with the baby monitors, we'd use them and sometimes we'd pick up people's conversations right. like in the neighborhood and we would eavesdrop. It was like a spy thing. But we'd be <laughs> in the middle of the night and it'd be something that's not just someone else's conversation, like to know yeah. that it's something in your house. That's <laughs> terrifying. Scared. Yikes. <sighs> okay. Well. Okay. I chose... The Spy House of New Jersey. Ooh. The house is home to many spirits, and it's been around since around 1650. I'm not sure of the exact date. But the official name of the house, which still stands today, so you can actually go and look at the house, see the house, and actually go inside of the house, is called the Seabrook Wilson Homestead. But most people know it by the Spy House. I spy with my little eye. A ghost of a child. (gasps) Background, because I always do history first. Yes, that's a good way to start your stories. Good storytelling, (laughs) Corinne. 
instead of doing it com- should i just next time do it completely backwards start with ghost yes. stories and then tell you the history and then everyone yep. just is like we don't care about it what, anymore what? tuning out now yeah tuning out skip all right when the land was first purchased it was a small cabin or they built a small cabin on it see already off to a rough start whatever <laughs> no one cares about that time <laughs> what <laughs> It doesn't have to do with my story, so moving on. Okay. This cabin or house would later be used as a tavern during the Revolutionary War, and it was a hot spot for British to hang out. And legend goes that the owner at the time, Thomas Seabrook, was a part of the New Jersey militia, and he was on the side of, obviously, the Americans who were trying to push the British out and state our independence. He would coax military secrets out of the British when they were drunk, and then he would pass him, pass those secrets along to his team. Ugh, that is my dream job. I want to be a spy. I know. Like, he was totally spying on the British. And also, well, well, obviously, that's why it's called Spy House. But the tavern is on a body of water. It's on the ocean. So he was also able to see just, like, ships and spy on all of the info beyond just, like, getting people drunk and making them tell his them. Whoa, I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, I don't know if this was like actually credited in, in the history books, but apparently the information he passed along helped win the war. Good for Zebra. I know. In the early 1900s, the house was used as a boarding house for tourists, and it was also turned into a restaurant and tavern. So it was both. And then in 1967, cool. the house was purchased by the town and then the town restored it and then in the 70s it turned into a museum and there was a curator named gertrude neidlinger who actually gave the nickname the spy house to this house so she's responsible Mm -hmm. for that and she actually sounds super cool because she was this little (laughs) old lady and she would just walk around and tell guests about ghost stories and legends on the property so that's my dream job you grown up Basically, <laughs> maybe she's my doppelganger, but future oh my me. Gosh. Future you. Local historians say that Gertrude made up a lot of the history on the property. Oh, and a lot of the history that she told people about, and that there were no known spirits on the property before she came. Hmm. But who knows? But maybe her talking about it brought them all. I trust her. I think Gertrude's right. I think other you people have a just, feeling about her. I trust Gertrude. In 1998, it turned into an activity center for the Bayshore Waterfront Park. So now you can go. And when you go inside, it's basically kind of like a history museum oh, slash cool. activity center of the history of that like land in the house. You can learn about it. But there was a period of time where tours were stopped in the house. Which only led to more speculation about the paranormal activity what that existed in the home. So, on to the ghosts. Please. Many visitors report seeing ghostly apparitions in the house or in the windows as they stand outside looking in. Paranormal experts came onto the property and conducted many tests, leading many of these experts to call the spy house, quote, the most haunted house in America. Whoa. Which um, we've said it before. I think that phrase is overused. And so, how do we actually know? But you know what? Everything is subjective. So, it is. It might be the most haunted house they've ever been to in America. 
Possibly. Or like haunted by the most eclectic group of ghosts, which we'll get into. The couple who owned the property before it was given over to the town supposedly held seances in the house, which I'm sure only contributed to the abundance of spirits on the property. And then I read somewhere that Gertrude, she also did seances. (laughs) She really is you in the future. (laughs) I know. So, I mean, there can't not be ghosts in that house, you know? (laughs) Multiple people doing seances, something was brought in. Right. I think that these spirits might actually be protecting the home because apparently during Hurricane Sandy, the house, which is along the beach, it didn't get so much as an inch of rain. No but way. the whole surrounding town was flooded and pretty much destroyed. Destroyed, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had friends with houses there that were completely wrecked. So horrible. Yeah. Hurricane Sandy was just awful, awful. Yeah. I mean, there are no good hurricanes, but you know. Visitors have experienced many things like seeing a man reading a book in a rocking chair, hearing screams in the basement, feeling like they are being choked, and coming in contact with a spirit of a man who pinches women's butts. Ugh, come on, dude. (laughs) I'd laugh. If that happened to me, I'd just laugh. (laughs) Like, what do you think you're going to do here? (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? I mean, if you're a ghost and we can't see you or stop you wouldn't you try like at least to smack him in the butt like pinching why just a pinch i don't know when you could get a whole handful (laughs) (laughs) i'd prefer nothing (laughs) hands off people's shoelaces are untied cameras stop working wristwatches get the wrong time etc etc thomas seabrook we remember him okay he's the one that got all the british drunk and told the secrets he was the spy he is said to haunt the home as well oh yes in life thomas was actually very friendly clearly because he made friends with all the british he's very friendly and he really loved to travel and in death he still finds a way of traveling no way that is he occasionally goes home with the people who tore the property so like imagine going to this house and then you go home and one of the ghosts goes with you, like gets in the backseat of the car and heads home. He just wants to see your life. Yeah, he's seeing the world. He's actually quite nosy. So he hangs around these new houses. He goes home with tourists and then he goes mm-hmm. back home with them for a few days. But then he eventually makes his way back to the museum. So he always returns. It's just like a little weekend trip, you know, two, three days. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because company is like fish. Goes bad after two days. He's also quite active in other ways he pokes people he touches people he pushes people he bangs on walls he uses pots and pans to make noise maybe he's the one pinching butts then maybe he is thomas thomas please he's playful when people go in and they record evps like paranormal investigators they'll often catch thomas's voice on the evps so he's very Mm. vocal and the locals even get phone calls from him what unbelievable okay so i wrote down one experience that someone had i want to know all about this i could not believe it when i read it because this man is ridiculous 30 years ago a woman was trying to call her mother-in-law who lived right near the spy house Mm -hmm. and when they were on the phone there were these strange noises and voices on the phone line so she thought that someone was listening in or like wires got crossed or whatever so she said this isn't a party line who is this like asking who was the other listener on the phone. Right. Then she got a response from the listener, who was Thomas. He Eek. said, quote, you know who I am. This is Tom. And her and her mother-in-law were like, Tom who? And then he said, Captain Tom. 
and that he lived across the street. Oh, my God. Then he freaking keeps talking. He, like, has a full conversation. No way. Like, how long can a ghost hold a conversation for on the phone? But, like, the amount of energy, too, that must be needed for that. I know. It's, ooh, I know. So he he starts talking about this woman's life. He knows all about her and her children. He knows details about things that they did or where they went. He knows See, things he's still from, a spy. Like, he is. He's still spying. He was re- he was telling her about things that he did years ago, and then also some things that they did more recently. No and way. then he brought up things that happened in public places, but also things that happened within the privacy of their own home that no one would know. Thomas. And then he he just says bye and he hangs up. He likes to hear himself talk. Clearly, I'm. Oh my gosh! Can you? Ooh, ooh. Can you imagine being on the phone and a strange man's voice comes on and goes, you know who this is. This is Tom. I live across the street from you and then gives you all of the info about your life. I would be terrified that someone was going to come kill me. Like a a peeping Tom. That's what he seems like. He's peeping Tom. Oh my gosh. Someone actually posted on our Facebook group of like something was posted on their message board and it was like a man creeping around someone's property and he was caught on all the cameras. I saw that. That's so terrifying. The man is older, too, which is more confusing. He looks like he's in his 70s. It's when you take a little needle and you just shove it through the window and take their eye out. Mm. I'm getting aggressive because I'm about to talk about the pirate. But it's <gasps> also there. A new one? Pirates! Yay, your favorite! dun dun dun, dun. I hear wedding bells! <laughs> the ghost of pirate Henry Morgan haunts the property... He was a nomad, as most pirates are. They don't have one home. They roam around looking for the next adventure and more yeah. ill-gotten booty. <laughs> Rumor has it that he stored some of his treasure in the home when he went and visited the spy house. But his first mate tried to steal the hidden treasure and then kill Henry with a sword. So then Henry struck back with his sword and then he cut his first mate's head off. And threw his body into a well. What? Oh, man. <laughs> I could never be a pirate. I know. It's pretty brutal. Oh, I want to keep my head, please. Yeah. So, I mean, he won. His first right. night didn't steal from him or nor kill him. De- decapitation is pretty uh, final. Yeah. You're not going to come back from that. Unless you're a chicken. What? Chickens run around with their head cut off. I think they run around, yeah. They go around for like 30 seconds until their body catches up to their... Hey, you know what? But that's 30 seconds longer than humans do. True. He throws the body into a well, and that well is eventually covered up. And then he took his treasure from the house, and he moved it to other locations. And still today, Mm. there's rumors about where his hidden treasure is. Mm. But he still sticks around the house. And he walks around upstairs. The upstairs is actually blocked off, so I, I don't believe that any visitors can go upstairs. But the sound of Robert's footsteps walking upstairs is heard frequently. So that's his move. But I also think that he may have been seen by a local resident when he was young. Because this local, when he was a kid, he was waiting for the school bus one morning. And he was sitting, resting on the covered up well, which is where the body was supposedly thrown down. And he looks up at the house across the street and he sees the face of a man in the window yelling, get out of here, get out of here. So I'm thinking maybe Robert was a little nervous that the first mate's spirit would be 
let out of the well or something like that. Or or he was nervous that the kid might fall into the well. Who knows? I don't know, but I'm like, that that's gotta be Robert, right? The well. Yeah. Or any spirit who knows about his first mate. True. So yeah, that kid got quite the story at seven forty five AM waiting for the school bus. Ugh, jealous. Moving on to the next. I feel like this is, I have so many profiles on ghosts. This is like a dating site. (laughs) She's beauty and she's grace. She's Miss Lady in Wait. Behind door number one, we have a white lady. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm giving you the new profile to the white lady. She's believed to be the widow of a soldier. And guests who are outside of the house looking in the windows will often see her walk down from the attic and go room to room tidying up the house until she will eventually disappear. But other people have seen her looking out at the top floor towards the water, waiting for her husband's return. Oh, that's so sad. A widow walk. Okay, now on to the kids. There is a ghost boy, a little boy, who resides in the home, and many people believe that he's the child of the white lady. And legend goes that the boy went to play in the ocean, and he drowned. So that's how he passed away, and why he's still on the property. She's not only looking for her husband, but she's looking for her... Maybe, or maybe they hang out together. Yeah, they're both in the same... Many people have come in contact with him. There was a couple that was on the property one day, and they were waiting for the curator. I don't know if it was Gertrude or a new curator, but she was late. And so after about 30 minutes, they're like, okay, we'll just leave. And so they get back in their car. And then as they're about to pull out, they look back up at the house, and they see a young middle school-aged boy, like 10, 11 years old, looking out the upstairs window at them and he was wearing like colonial looking clothing no way Mm -hmm. and he watched them but he didn't disappear he watched them from the window and then he slowly backed away from the window like oh backstepped out of view which is so unsettling just disappeared into the shadows but also reminds me of like when I was a kid and like I accidentally get caught in the window and I'd see something outside that I was like, don't see me, don't see me. And <laughs> I'd slowly back away. <laughs> like I'm not back here. Yeah. Well, that's what he did. And then just as that happened, the curator pulled up and the couple jumped out and was like, oh my gosh, there's a child in the house. And so they all go in thinking that there was an intruder, but no one was there. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't just stick to inside the house, though. He's been said to come out of the house. The locals say that he enjoys playing around with them and fooling around with people. And an example of this, I don't know if you could call this fooling around or just being aggressive. But one night, a group of friends drove to the house and encouraged their very drunk friend to go and get the attention of the ghosts in the house. So the guy gets out of this car and he starts calling for them. He's walking up the driveway yelling, we can only imagine. He's drunk, yelling, trying to be like, ghost. Like, right. probably like, you know, Zach from Ghost Adventures. Yes. And all of a sudden, he's knocked back through the air a few feet. <gasps> and so then he's like, shit. And he gets up and he sprints to the car and he gets in. But the car door slammed on its own behind him. And then the radio was turned on without anyone turning it on. Oh, my God. It's so terrifying. Yeah. He, yeah. They were all like obviously terrified but and you want to be safe in a car but like no it came happens, in the car don't <gasps> so people say that it was a little boy because i guess he's kind of a prankster or, or i don't know 
exactly what. But also there are so many spirits there. And that was kind of an aggressive move. So I'm like. That's very aggressive. Could have been Tom. Could have been the pirate. But also like preteens, they can be moody. Yeah. If he was 11 and he was like, ugh, these meddling kids again. He's just angsty, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the children. This was just, that was just the little boy. But there's a group of children. I just got chills. So the reason I picked this place is because this house is known for having a substantial amount of child ghost sightings. Visitors will see a large group of children playing in the front yard together, laughing and like chasing each other, playing tag, whatever. And the people who've witnessed this say that it looked so real that they believed that they were living children until they realized that they were wearing like, period clothing. So they were not of this era. And there are a few children who are seen more frequently, like distinct looking. There's a little boy in short pants, and then there's a little girl in a white cotton dress with tight curls. So there's like the children, the known children that are running around outside in a big group. And this may sound sweet, but it's best not to approach, as some people have reported, that the children in the front lawn have black eyes. No! Oh my god. (gasps) So there might be black-eyed kids there. Crazy. Oh, so scary. And wow. again, not of this era. They're incorrect in their clothing choice. Right. And they're all what young. What if they – oh, I just have like a great idea. What? What if it's like a bunch of children who like ran away from the cult and they're like, we don't want to kill people anymore. And so they just found this random home in New Jersey. Yeah. By hey, the ocean. There's a lot. there's a lot going on in New Jersey. Yeah, weirdnewjersey.com. It's one of my favorite sites. But that's just a happy thought. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. But it's just – and too, I'm like, well, I I sort of believe the black-eyed kid theory because that would explain why the little boy kind of is his own thing and does his own hauntings, I guess. Because I'm also like, well, why wouldn't they include him? Why isn't he running around in the front yard? Because he knows not to hang out with them. Because his mom won't let him. Lady in white. She's protecting him. I also, black-eyed children, like, I think we talked about this when we discussed their, them in the episode, in, on the podcast, English. Um, <laughs> and black-eyed children could be, or not all of them, but I think maybe these kids could be children who were, like, abused or killed in a terrible way. <gasps> and, like, the... Wait. What? I need to read you this. Okay. Well, continue, but I'll read it. I'll read someone sent us their theory on black eyed kids, and I think it's just so accurate. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It, I just think that, like, the evil, like, maybe, like, the evil that they saw, like, caused them to, like, have, like, these black eyes. It's like they saw such darkness. And when you're a child, you're supposed to be so innocent and naive and, like, have such a bright view of the world that when you see such darkness, maybe, right. like, it appears in your eyes, which is, like, what it's supposed to be your window to the window to your soul. Exactly. So that's a theory. But we were sent another email. I'm just going to read her whole email because why only read part of it when I can read the whole thing? Right. This is from Kristen. And it's called Episode 20, Thoughts and Also a Short Monologue. (laughs) (laughs) She said, hey, guys, I've been seriously obsessing over your podcast. My whole life, I've always been drawn to the thought of paranormal, but growing up in the South, where ignorance runs rampant and religion rules all, I've always felt so out of place and like I had no outlet. 
Very few friends know this side of me, but those who do describe me as Disney on the outside and Tim Burton on the inside. Oh, man, that's amazing. I know. That's such a cool description. It's such a good description. It probably is a description of most of the people that listen to this podcast. Right. You go about your life, but then you secretly love this stuff. There's things dark and deep inside of you. She said, I dress pretty trendy and bright and young, but all of my favorite movies and podcasts and books are dark and disturbing. So when I found yes, your podcast, girl. I swear it was like a piece of my heart filled in and I felt so validated Aww. and normal and fulfilled. That's so sweet. <laughs> you guys are so much more than a podcast. Honestly, it's honestly like a form of therapy to me. Anyway. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not soon because she goes into Black Eyed Kids. Okay, okay. She said, anyway, to the black-eyed children, sitting here listening to this episode, and I had some thoughts regarding your discussion about what the black-eyed children could possibly be. I heard you throw a theory out, and I kind of rolled off of that. My mind leans towards stolen pieces of children's spirits that were once victims of some sort of violent, traumatic event, and that Mm. had torn a piece of their soul off before death. Yeah. Yeah. I would kind of explain it like their innocence was torn from them in that moment and turned into something dark and heavy, experiencing so many emotions like fear, anger, loss, helplessness, confusion, etc. And your last moments would be something that spirit or spirit slash demon hybrid would hold on to and derive power and energy from. It's such a heartbreaking thought, but for some reason, it really stands out as a possible explanation as to what they are. In short, they are a manifestation of stolen innocence that has been manipulated for evil. Oh, that's such a, it's a tragic but beautiful way to put it. Yes. A manifestation of stolen innocence that has been manipulated for evil. Wow. That sounds like a textbook definition. I think she just wrote the book. She said, let me know your thoughts. Thanks, y'all. And then she also said, last thing. The amount of times you guys can relate something to Harry Potter is giving me life. <gasps> I'm also an OG Harry Potter fan. My birthday cake this year was literally a replica of the one that Hagrid made no. Harry, and my coworker made me a mandrake for my desk. <gasps> Picks or it didn't happen. Hashtag, am I right, ladies? Wait, okay, this is the one that you Snapchatted me a picture of the cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No freaking way. It's so good. It's so funny. And then she sent a picture of her, of her cat. I'd love to hear what you chose for your story. Well, I'll tell you, Corinne. It actually has a lot of similarities to yours. Really? Yeah. So I chose to talk about the hostel, which is a home, and it is given the name the hostel by a group of paranormal investigators. It is in Hull, East Yorkshire in Britain. So it's on 39 Degray Street and is known as one of the most haunted houses in Britain. So again... One of the most haunted houses, but who knows? But it is scary. There's a lot that's going on in it. And its history is really mysterious and people aren't really sure of it. But it reminded me of Siri just said, what can I help you with? Ooh, haunting. Weird. So its history is very mysterious. And it kind of reminded me of my house, like how my growing up, my house that we moved into was brand new. We were the first ones to live there, but there were the spirits there. So I think the spirits in this home are or predate the home itself. Oh, yeah. Because the house was built in 1880, and just like briefly, it was built as a home that could accommodate a business. So the first owner in 1880 was an organ restorer, and then 
there was a family that moved in and they were a furniture remover and then they were like also i'm sorry an organ restorer that sounds like a very haunting job <laughs> well yeah the sound of an organ is also very haunting it's yeah technically they're used in churches although it just reminds me of like a halloween soundtrack or christmas what cuz i my church has like these beautiful big organs and it's just so loud and I only go to church on Christmas. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to picture Michael Bublé with an organ playing no. in the back. I was like, N- I don't think so. But maybe he should try that out. It might work. It could. So the home was basically passed through a few families. And then in 1930, it was put up to auction. And then a lot of the houses on that street were destroyed from bombings during World War II. And then it was rebuilt after that. So... There are a lot of spirits in the home, but nothing was really reported until more recently in people who lived in the home after World War II. And there are spirits of three children, a woman, and an evil male spirit. Oh no, a whole family. Yes. So I kind of was theorizing that maybe the bombings from World War II, because so many people died there that it's possible all the energy and death that happened there could have brought out these spirits who were lingering there Mm -hmm. i think just like intensified the energy or something or maybe people who lived in the home prior to this just lived with it and didn't think anything of it i wonder i always you know what it's just so hard to figure out where hauntings actually came from because there are so many places that it just doesn't – it seems like it just came out of nowhere or the people right. that supposedly haunt the place have no connection to or known connection to the actual property. Right. Like my house has all types of different spirits or had all types of different spirits and we yeah. built it and the land before was farmland. Like it doesn't But people could have died on the farm and like – it. I don't know. It's hard because I feel like records get kind of sloppy – yeah, you we go, know the, the further family, back though, you go. The, the owned the property, and I'm pretty sure it's been in their family for a really long time. It's so strange. Or maybe you just have like such, it's built on a part of land that has like high energy and it attracts more paranormal. Yeah, that's what spirits. my mom thinks. It's She thinks it's because we moved in and everywhere right. we go is haunted when we're all together because our energy is <laughs> more open. Yeah, yeah so. people, yeah. Yeah, it's <sighs> like some people can see the paranormal and some cannot. We're too inviting. Gosh, say no for once. For once. That's more advice to myself. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're projecting. (laughs) I'm projecting. Um, Okay, so the home was never actually a hostel, but there are so many spirits in the home that it was given the name the hostel. And their current owner, his name is Andy Yates, has tried to rent out the property but the longest anyone has been able to stay in the home is four days. Oh, no. no way. Four days. Oh, oh my God. What? How? Yeah. Uh, what happened? I guess actually it's just so crazy. So he, he said that some people couldn't even return back to the home after trying to measure the space for furniture and what can fit and how to move things in. They couldn't even move in. Oh, no. I really want to know, like, is it just a really bad feeling like do they see stuff are they touched or maybe it just reminds me of all of those scary movies and possession stories and stuff just something demonic is giving them intrusive thoughts like they move in Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like kill your family and then they're like oh shit we need to leave i hate that stuff yeah but there's a whole mix of 
activity that goes on in this home. It's so terrifying and so full of horrors that it scares paranormal investigators. And I <laughs> I was researching and reading that. I was like, I'd love to see Zach Baggins go to the house. He, yeah. Love-hate relationship with him. Don't like how he taunts spirits. Do like watching his arms. <laughs> okay, so... Andy was so desperate to get a renter into the home that he posted about it on Facebook and made it a public post so anyone could see it. And a woman reached out to him. But she didn't want to uh, rent the property as she had already lived there. (laughs) And she just wanted to tell him about her experience. And I think she thought maybe he had experienced it as well. So she, like, wanted that connectivity and, like, be like, someone finally might get it. So she said she lived there for 24 years. And was the victim of constant paranormal activity. She said one night she was lying in bed when all of a sudden she was ripped out from under the covers by her ankles. Oh, and she what? felt she felt cold hands around her ankles, but there was no one there. Um, really, which reminds this. me of Nikita's story because yes, this this woman was dragged and she tried to like fight off whatever it was, and then she was literally thrown up against the wall. That is so scary. I honestly can't imagine anything worse. Yeah. So whatever it was, was clearly very dark and evil. So this woman said that eventually the the thing let go of her and she immediately called the cops. Like she was super shaken up and the cops came and then immediately were like, you're making this all up. It's all in your head. You're crazy. Go to sleep, lady. So easy for them to say that. Right. Thanks for wasting our time. And as they're leaving, a massive bookshelf gets thrown on top of them (gasps) honestly that's horrible that that happened to them but i am so glad it did so that they believed her and the ghost was like you don't believe in me let me show you let me show you what i can do but no one was hurt so it was just you know but like terrifying and then yates himself witnessed a ton of nightmarish stuff he has seen furniture thrown across the room he's seen household items being carried mid-air throughout the house as if being held by an unseen figure and he also saw one night he walked into the room with the fireplace and he saw a child that was like badly bruised and beaten oh no i know it's so sad the spirit walked out of the uh, fireplace and kind of just hovered in, in the room for a good 15 minutes. Yates said he kind of like stood there paralyzed and unable to move. And eventually he moved. And when he started to move, the spirit kind of just disappeared and vanished. Holy this one is like then this is the most terrifying thing I think has happened in this house. One day he came downstairs and walked into the kitchen and saw all of his steak knives delicately balanced on their points on top of the plates that were in the drying rack on top of the plates so i imagine the plates are vertical up and down on the drying rack yeah that's how i'm picturing them too because they're on the drying rack so they have to be on their side and the knives are like all balanced on the top of them no no leave that house run the opposite direction because those knives are gonna all of a sudden point towards you exactly so scary it makes me so like it's so terrifying, but I also just keep thinking about the little boy and then the other children that are there and the woman, and it's just, we hear it so frequently. I mean, I wouldn't say so frequently, but we hear it. We hear those stories of right. the good spirits who are trapped and still tormented in their afterlives by these other evil people who right. are also in that same state as them. 
yeah, stuck with them. Like, ugh, just like you can't get away from it. It's so sad. So Yates it's eventually awful. moved out when his partner became pregnant and because she was like, uh, hell no, am I raising a child in this home? No. Oh, my God. Good call. Can you imagine what would happen to that poor baby? Ugh, I don't want to know. But since he moved out, he's tried to get contractors because the house has started to deteriorate a little bit. And he's tried to get contractors into the house to do some work and upkeep. One, so one time he had contractors come. He like sh- showed them into the home and then he left to go do his thing. And when he came back, the contractors were gone, but they had left all of their stuff. And so he calls them. Oh. So he calls the contractors and he's like, hey, dudes, like, what's up? what's going on and they were like we refuse to ever return to that house and would not divulge any more information no what you're supposed to tell people i know which is also but some people don't that- like to talk about it yeah and it just that's what i think perpetuates the haunting since people aren't telling enough and people aren't warning each other of what could possibly happen because they're so terrified that it's just yeah. continual oh so scary so Oh my god! Stop! What? My Alexa my Alexa just went off. <gasps> and she just said, I'm sorry, I don't know that one. Well, you know what's probably best is if I cover up my camera because I don't think that you should look at me. No, I want to see you. Stop, I need to see you. I need comfort. Okay, but what if you see something behind me? But now I'm st- and now I'm stuck in my tent, so what if something's outside of my tent? Well, your friend's on the balcony, so. I know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sabrina. (laughs) What is happening? I can't hear anything from my end. It was just Leia. Leia just walked into the tent as I'm panicking. Oh. (laughs) Bad timing. Leia. Hi, chicken. Okay, okay. Okay. I'm just going to finish this real quick. Get through this. (laughs) Speed through. So as I said earlier, their history isn't that well known. So the spirits within the home don't really match the history of the home. But like we were talking about, maybe they've been displaced or they were there, but now there's more energy that they are able to feed off of. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But either way, the most of the psychics who have gone into the home seem to agree that the home is filled with spirits of abused children. So sad. And there's a space under the stairs that is extremely active, and it is believed that the children were locked in that space for long periods of time as punishment. I watched a video where, like, a stool was thrown, and there's, like, a little, like, mattress that's in that space. Mm-hmm. And it was a secret space that people didn't know that it was there. There is a well-known psychic called – her name was Miss Lockwood – And she came into contact with three very strong spirits while she was in the home. One was a small child. One was a heavily, heavily drugged woman who was on like kind of like draped over the stairwell. And then there was a terribly evil man. So the woman was drugged. Do you think that that was like her own preference because she was married? Most likely the story is that she's married to an abusive husband. So she was probably drinking or taking pills to try to numb the pain and. Or he was drugging her. Who knows? Yeah, keeping her captive in a different way than he kept the children captive. Exactly. But she conducted an investigation within the home, and the spirits became so aggressive, so increasingly aggressive that she refused to ever return to the home. And the man, the evil man, assaulted her and was like physically abusive to her during the investigation, and started barking and growling like a rabid dog at her. Oh my god! So she is like. 
Peace. I'm out of here. He needs treatment. He sounds ill. Yeah. They should send a therapist there and see. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I really do think like they hold seances and play with Ouija boards in this home. And I feel like it's just probably making him stronger. That's what that was going to be my next question is how is he so strong? If people are not living in the home, if he doesn't have as much energy to feed on, I don't know. Full time residents being terrified. Well, the home is open to paranormal investigation. So, like, Yates, the owner of the home, is unable to rent it out. So, he like needs to pay the mortgage somehow. So, he has opened the home to paranormal investigations. It's just like for a small fee. And then also, people can do overnights there. Yeah. So, I, he makes some money there. And then there are, plenty of people who come in and out of the home and there was one paranormal investigator who said that people often leave the leave the home with an attachment similar to yours but it's not Mm -hmm. a good attachment it's a negative one yeah there was one group of people who spent the entire night there and held a seance and used a ouija board and they actually got a lot of answers from the spirits about the spirits first of all when they first entered the home three of the people with their group threw up and got nauseous immediately within walking in the home. And they all said that they felt like someone was behind them the entire time they were there. Whatever it was, very clearly did not want them in the home. And doors were slamming, things were moving. And then a man made a joke. He was like, oh, I could live in this house. And then a ball was thrown directly in his face. (laughs) (laughs) It's just crazy. It's unbelievable. And it's like, it's just so aggressive. It's almost like a childlike aggression, like just resorting to violent. Right. So they discovered discovered an evil spirit of a man who was in the upstairs area. And then they discovered a woman and three children in the downstairs area. So it seems like the woman and children try to keep as far away from the man as possible. Oh. oh. But they're restricted. They're restricted to the home, which is just so sad. Why does no one go there and try to help the woman and the children move on? I wonder. I I mean, the internet can be limiting. So maybe there are people who have tried to help, but those stories aren't often shared. I don't know. That's one of my questions whenever we hear about children or these tormented souls that are dropped here. It's like, well, everyone goes and investigates, but where are the people that can communicate without equipment with these spirits and right is there anything they can do to help them i'm just thinking about ghost whisperer i know that's the first thing that came to my head help them move on help them okay so then they made contact with a 10 year old boy who claimed his name was walter and he said he died in 1840 after being hung by his father so that was all the information they got they don't know by who or how but this is how This is where it doesn't line up with the history of the home because the home was built in 1880 and this boy died in 1840. Hmm. So along with Walter, the names Richard and Alexander came up and Walter said that they were the three children that lived in the home. Then this part is terrifying to me. At a point during the group doing their seance, a man within the group seemed to get possessed and become like overtaken by this evil entity that w- that was in the within the home, and the man started saying like really strange things and saying and admitting to to abusing children and that he murdered the three children and the woman in the, in the house and that the three children were still buried in the courtyard of the home. No way. Yeah. Again, this is this. There was another story. Oh, at Joan Crawford's house, where the spirit said that there were bodies buried in the walls, like. Dig up the courtyard. I know. That's what I was just thinking. Like, well, what do they do with that information? Like, can someone go dig? 
You know, but I guess that's expensive to just dig up your house. I don't know. But it could be an unsolved murder. And I so then there was a, a quote in the article I read, and it was one of the guests in the home remarked, We had one guest struck on the head with a ball and a number of names brought up through the spirit box. And, and then she said, Hair being touched, feelings of sickness and emotions. It was just a fantastic night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think we have very different ideas of what a fantastic night is. Yeah, I mean, maybe not fantastic, maybe successful if they went there with the purpose of the goal of catching some paranormal activity. Ugh, but just like, I don't know. My idea of a fantastic night is like in and out and wine and in bed by 10. Yeah. I wish I was brave enough to be a paranormal investigator. I don't. I'll let other people do it and tell me about it and then I'll just (laughs) tell their stories on here. Let's see. Oh, so the the one thing in history that did come up is that the home right next door to 39 DeGray Street was a co-op for funeral directors. So like it was a home where they had a lot of they had a lot of bodies coming in and out because they would basically prepare them for funerals. And it is believed that it could have been possible. So it's very like vague. There's no proof of it. But because it was right next door, it's possible that 39 DeGray DeGray Street was used to store an overflow of bodies during the time, mm-hmm. which could have brought spirits, but like, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm sorry. An overflow of bodies should never be a thing. I know. I think it was during the time of the war, so it would be more, I guess, as devastating as for it the is. influx yeah. of deaths. Yeah. Okay. And then in April 2016, a man named Lee Price joined a group of paranormal investigators in the home and things quickly went sideways. A teddy bear inside the home came to life and said, do you want to play? No, I don't want to play. Yeah. And it was believed to be one of the children who died. So it was probably just sweet and he really genuinely just wanted to play, but t- still terrifying. And Ooh, oh. and like you don't know the speed that a teddy bear can run, you know, no. you can't gauge it because we've never seen it. That's what's scary. Like, you know oh. how fast a mouse can run. You know how fast a sloth moves. But the teddy bear, it can get you. Maybe we don't know. I don't like thinking about this in the dark tent that I'm in. The sun has gone down now. <laughs> oh, no. Um, OK, so Lee and the group began to hold a seance, and all of a sudden, all of the equipment started to malfunction. The batteries drained, the, all of the candles blew out, there were flashes of light going through the air, and then immediately after that, the paranormal investigator, Joe, who was leading the group, said that there was a spirit standing directly behind her, and then the person next to Lee felt tightening around his neck, and he started to feel faint, as if his heart rate was dropping. Oh, jeez. And all of the psychics agreed. I just have to say, and because I'm very disappointed in myself, I really did write physics instead of the psychics. In this entire research, I just wrote physics. <laughs> You're tired. I, I stopped working for two days and I stopped being smart. <laughs> okay. Um, but all the physics. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. All of the psychics agreed that the children had been tortured in the home and that they were raped, tortured, and then killed. So they were told by the spirits that one of the children was dr- were drowned and another one died from a blow to the head and that their souls remained in the home. 
this is just such a dark thought and so unneeded to add to the story, but I wonder if they were all killed at the same time or if it was like these children living this life and had to witness their sibling be murdered and then live another year wondering when it's going to be them next. Oh, that's so devastating. Yeah. I, oh, I, sorry. Yeah. No, it's just so dark. And it reminds me of the family in Riverside where they found the 12 children. Oh, well, they were all alive, right? That yeah, family? but then they, they were doing research and they were like, maybe some of the children were killed in the past. Like, they don't know. Wait, was this the group of like, and they would pose and go to Disney, mm-hmm. but people, neighbors would see all the kids being marched around in circles in the middle of the night yeah, for hours like and hours. They were like sleeping in their feces. They like weren't allowed to eat. It's so, ugh, it's just so upsetting. And I hate that there are people in the world that do this to their, to anyone, but let alone their family. They're like offspring it's disgusting it's It's absolutely disgusting okay so last few things about the hostel um after they were told that how the children had died the spirit box crackled to life and they had kind of evp equipment set up and the words peter and 13 came out and so they don't know what they meant but they were asking questions and all of a sudden a disembodied voice yelled shut up The last thing I'll say is similar to your story. A lot of people have seen faces like phantom faces in the windows, which has Mm -hmm. caused neighbors to call the police. The police will break into the home expecting someone to have broken in. but There's no sign of humans. No one's there. So it's believed that the spirits are seen through the windows and no one knows still to this day. The history is very unclear. So there are little pieces of of their stories, but it's still unclear to who they actually were and what actually happened to them in their lifetime and you as a listener if you want you can spend a night in the home and you can just go visit the phantasmic paranormal website and you can do it all there if anyone has ever done that or if anyone does it you have to tell us and you have to let us know what happens yeah but also please don't do it just because we We want to know what happens happens. don't (laughs) yeah yeah, don't put yourself in that situation. Our advice would be to not go, but if you choose to go, because that's what you want to do, right? update us. Let us know how it goes. And try not to get possessed. Oh my gosh, please don't get possessed, because we don't want possessed people emailing us at the whole other ballpark that's just not, we don't want it. Yeah. There's already been a few questionable emails. <laughs> I know. We have emails, though. Do you want to read okay. email? So this is from Mike. Towards the end of 1970, my parents lived in a very small house given by the government council house with my elder brother, who was a baby. My mother and my father had a volatile relationship at the time, and my mother began to hear large bangs and knocking noises from my brother's room. And when she would investigate, there was nothing to explain it, and it had not disturbed my brother's sleep. She then heard footsteps walking back and forth every time she put my brother down for a nap. She told my father, who was disinterested, and so she told her mother, who said it was probably the neighbors. In the end, she told her friend about the noises whilst having a cup of tea in the house. Her friend suggested a Ouija board to ask whatever it was to leave, and a decorative plate on the wall flew off and hit the wall across the room above her friend's head. Following this, the noises continued, always around my brother but it never disturbed him. 
My grandmother babysat him one night and my mother asked if she heard footsteps in his room above in his room above after putting him to bed. And she replied, yes, all night long, but it's the neighbors. Oh, my God. They must be loud as hell because they were on holiday 600 miles away. Oh, my gosh. My uncle blessed the house, asking whatever it was to leave, and a large crashing sound came from my brother's bedroom. Why not change his bedroom to another? I will tell you. One evening, after a large fight between my parents, my father left for the pub and my mother put my brother to bed. The noises and the footsteps began immediately and grew so loud and pacing so quickly. She took him from his cot and brought him downstairs. The footsteps came following down the stairs <gasps> and the room, although it had an open log fire in a small room, went cold enough to see no your breath. Way. But my brother remained warm and unaffected. My mother spent the night in the kitchen with the gas oven rings lit to stay warm and watched my brother sleep on the couch all cozy even though she could see his breath. My father returned what? drunk and wan wanted to fetch a priest, but they had by this time requested a new property and my mother feared ridicule from the small village that we lived in. Years passed and the noises continued but never bothered them physically. The night before they left for a new property, after packing all night and going to bed, my mother, whilst brushing her teeth, heard my dad tell her brother to go to bed. She shouted to him that my brother was, in fact, at my grandparents' for the night. They went to sleep, and my mother put it down to my dad being half asleep. The next day, with the final box loaded into the car, my dad asked if my mother needed to go back into the house. She said, no, why? He said he hadn't slept all night because he saw a young boy <gasps> standing in front of their mirror brushing his hair and in his tired state, he thought it was my brother until he was told that he wasn't home. No. They left the house a few months later, and the new occupant visited my mother and asked if she'd seen the boy that lives there. <sighs> my mother said no, but heard many things in the house over the years, and the lady responded by telling her that there was a six-year-old boy who died in my brother's room and was keeping him safe and watching him. Oh my god. That's why my brother never felt the cold and would be allowed and would be followed around the house when he moved, especially when my parents argued around him. Oh. My dad wouldn't personally talk about the night or any of the goings on, and the new occupants have all reported activity if there are children in the house. I hope you enjoyed, ladies. I wish I'd grown up in the house, but alas, see you on the other side, Mike. Whoa. I know. Because, like, it, that, that took me through so many emotions. Like, I was worried that it was something dark that was feeding off of the negative energy between his parents. Right. But then, like, or I thought, like, maybe it was, like, a loved relative, that they, like, a loved one from their family who had passed on and was just trying to protect the young boy from his parents fighting. But it was a cute young little boy who had died. Yes, it was a little kid who was trying to protect another child. Oh, that is so sweet. And probably making a bunch of noise and throwing stuff because he was a kid and he was like stop fighting and he probably was trying to distract the baby with other distractions and other noises so he didn't hear the fighting right oh you know good ghost child and it sounds like from what mike said it sounds like the kid isn't very active as a spirit unless there are other children in the house right like he feeds off of other kids yes yeah wow so sweet 
That's amazing. Mike has a ton of stories. <sighs> so many people. I like. It's so fascinating how many stories some people have. And then others have just one or just like a friend of a friend's story. Mike is also from the UK. So shout out to the UK listeners. Woo. And we had a UK story today. We hospital. did. It's all connected. Okay. Should I read mine? Yes. This is from Amanda and it's titled Little Boy Johnny. Little Boy Johnny. Hey, ladies. Here's a ghost story for you. I lived in this rental house with a boyfriend and my two children. The first week or so of being there, I noticed little things like the twisty things on the curtain started to sway back and forth. And I think to myself, okay, just the heat or air just kicked on. No ghost. Then in the mornings when I'd be getting ready for work, the only one awake, I'd hear the door hand rattle a little. As soon as I turned to look at it, it stopped. Little things like this kept happening for a month and then it started to get stronger. I'm in the bathroom getting ready for work again and I hear, Mama? I turned to look at the door because it sounded like my son, but no one was there. I look in all three of the rooms. My boyfriend, son, and daughter are all sleeping. This creeped me out, but I go back to getting ready for work. A couple days later, I'm heading out to work, and I'm turning the lights off, and at the door to go outside, I hear a whisper. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. Where are you going, Mama? In my head, I was like, oh, shit, my son is up, and now I'm going to be late because, well, he doesn't like when I have to leave. I turn around expecting to see him and nothing. Everyone is sleeping. So I tell the boyfriend about this later that day and we decide to call the boy Johnny. I didn't look into anything and I didn't want to know anything about what happened in the home. He was pretty quiet and didn't harm anyone. We'd hear him rush down the hall often or noises in the kitchen and I'd feel him touch me from time to time. But nothing, nothing scary. More like a brush against my leg. I'd ask the kids if they had seen anything and nothing got brought up. We also had a dog and we hear we would hear Johnny run down the hall at night and then the dog would start barking and we'd just say, go to bed, Johnny. Oh, he'd touch the boyfriend's feet at night sometimes. He touched mine once. Better my feet than my face or something, lol. <laughs> Such a mom. <laughs> I was vacuuming the hallway once and I looked up and the boyfriend was just staring at me with big eyes. I said, what are you looking at? And he said, I just seen your son run into his room. I said, no, my son is at my mom's house. He's like, no, I know. Oh, my God. I know. I know. (laughs) He had just seen Johnny. He said he looked a lot like my son. And I asked what he was wearing, and he described what was the exact same outfit I had already set out for him to put on in the morning for school. Freaky. Ooh, that's really freaky. It's like Johnny's trying to live the life of the child. Oh, he really probably does believe that he's his kid, her kid. Yeah. Like, oh, mom set out my clothes. I have to put them on. Right. In the Ugh, innocence few- of saying, where are you going, mommy? I don't leave. A few months later, we were packing because we were moving into a bigger house. And while we were packing, my boyfriend heard, why are you leaving me? Oh, <sighs> honestly, that broke my heart. That's hard. I wanted hitting. to, I know. I wanted to tell him he could come with us, but I didn't know if I should. I felt bad leaving this little boy behind. Since then, I've experienced or felt other spirits, but I don't know that any of them were Johnny. Thanks for reading, Amanda. From Iowa. Wow. It's just, yeah, it's just really sad sad. because it's clear that he's just a little, I mean, it sounds like he's just a little kid running around and it's confused about his state. And I get that, like, I get you don't want to know the history because, you know, it could be something you don't want to see. But I really am so curious about who this little boy is. And at least with the one at my house, the little boy had his mom with him Mm -hmm. and they were together. But this little boy was alone. I know. And it just makes me wonder how many other families have passed through 
how many moms he's gone through breaks your heart breaks your heart at least it was like sweet and not demonic right i feel like a lot of the times you see ghost children that are demonic or demonic entities pretending to be children right 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 which is like i i I do think it's smart that she didn't say that johnny can come with them because you never know you know right it, it johnny very much could be a young child but Something else might be in the house with him that you just never knew. Yeah, you don't want that. No. We had an email or have an email from an 11-year-old girl named Gwen. Yes. Who's in Colorado. So I just want to end. I was so shocked that an 11-year-old emailed us. I've been waiting for this topic just so that we could read her email. She said, hi, I'm 11 years old and I'm going to tell you nine of my stories. I have a lot more though. Number one. My first story. Wait, no, was I when like I was, her. I like her. I like her saying, "You don't have to read them, but please do." I know. In parentheses, you don't have to read them all, but please do. Well, we're going Boss to. Lady. Number one. My first story was when I was about three or four years old, having a pretend plastic tea party with my cousins, a few years older than me. We were talking for a good five to ten minutes, and I didn't know that I had a plastic spoon behind me, and it floated up and hit my cousin, who was across from me, in the shoulder, and it gave her a bruise for a week. What? <laughs> it's pretty intense. Like That's the, crazy. The force behind the spoon to bruise someone like that. For a week. And it's a plastic spoon. Right. Not even metal. It must have been really hard and really sharp and really pushed into her body. Oh, that's so terrifying. Okay. Number two. Again, I was three or four and I was walking out of my room and I saw a mist in front of me. I still have no idea what it was. This girl seems so wise beyond her years. Yeah. And I like that Gwen's trying to figure out what they are. Like she remembers them and she's trying to understand. I mean- I feel like this is what many of us were like as children, too, who experienced the paranormal. You try to figure out what exactly it is. Right. Number three, I went up to go and get a drink of water and I left my friend in my room. I came down and he was so scared. I said, what's wrong? And he said, I saw someone staring at me and floating above me. (gasps) I have not had a lot of stuff happen after that, but this was when I was 10 and 11. Jeez, that's just so scary. Oh, yeah. Something floating above her friend. Number four, I was in a pinball room at a bowling alley and messing around with my friends. We had a theory that it was haunted and the lights went out and the workers did not do it. Do you want to read the rest, Sabrina? There are a few more. Yeah. Okay. Number five, since I've listened to your podcast, I told my friends of Hanako-san. Oh my gosh. That's what we talked about way in the beginning. The third stall in the bathroom. I'm still terrified of going into the third stall. So they did it. And they each saw different things. One saw like 50, I don't know how many, but there were a lot, tiny little foot tall figures. Another one saw a little bit of green, but someone who had no idea of what we were doing went in. Interesting. Someone interrupted their Hanukkah song game. Probably for the best. Definitely. Number six, me and my friend went unprofessionally ghost hunting, just looking for ghosts. There were like three ghosts that we found. We labeled them as the tall man, the little girl, and question mark. Long story short, we got very scared. Number seven. In my mom's house, I was watching TV before bed and playing around with my reflection in the mirror, closing door, so I was playing with my flashlight. Then, when I was swinging it around and next to my face, I saw a little girl or a woman. Later that night, I saw the same face next to my TV a few times. It's like Bloody Mary. I don't like it. so scary. I have chills just thinking about that. Like, ugh. I don't like reflections. We know that. Me neither. 
Number eight, with my story with the little girl that was in the gym, I woke up early like two or three and I saw this little girl at the end of my bed staring at me. She had pigtails with a big vein in her neck. Ooh. Number nine, with the tall man I saw when I was ghost hunting in the same gym as the little girl, I saw him in my bathroom. This is not all of my stories, but my big ones. Have an amazing day. I love your podcast and see you on the other side. Gwen in Colorado. Gwen is 11 years old and has more ghost stories than most people. And she is 100% going to be a ghost hunter or paranormal investigator when she's older. Right. She's already so brave and like going out and recruiting people to ghost hunt with her. (laughs) She already has a team. So impressive. It's so cool. Well, guys, please send your ghost stories to us. We love listening or reading to them and love sharing them on the podcast. Uh, send them to two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And then don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It really does mean a lot to us. And it, it only helps us get our podcast out to more people and share more stories with you. Yes. Tell your friends about us. Tell your coworkers about us, your teachers. Tell everyone. We want more ghost stories. and we. We really Love do. to build the community. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Is that it? That's it. And we will see, see you, you on the other on side. The other side.